0: Where we discuss the business of cybersecurity, here are your co-hosts and cybersecurity experts, Brian Horning, Reginald Andre, and Randy Bryan. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another week. Everybody hear me okay? Yeah, we can hear you. All right. You're going to let the audience keep going, man. They're about to start chanting. I know. Cut them off. Give me the old hooker, Shut them up. So hopefully my mic lasts through the show. If for some reason I cut out, I have a wireless mic and the battery might die. I'm up against it here. Poor, poor, poor planning on my part. But welcome to another edition of the Security Squawk Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Brian Horning, with Exact Cybersecurity and IT. I don't know how they show up on your screen, but below me is Roger and Andre from Mark Salvers. And to my right is Randy Bryan from Tech Rescue. And we are here to update you on a bunch of things about cybersecurity and what you can start doing to protect yourself. What we do on this show is we take current events, we go through current events that we find out there that we find interesting, usually related to cyber attacks that happened in the last week. Uh, or two, and we either cover what we know at the time, or we go deeper into them uh, to bring you more detail about what's happening with those cyber attacks. We also talk about other things from time to time, but mainly we we try to go into what the heck's happening out there, bring people uh, awareness around what is happening with cyber attacks, how frequently they're happening, and hey. Maybe we can learn something from all these different attacks, which we do learn and we do share what we learn so you can better protect yourself and better prepare. In exchange for that information, we just ask one simple thing. As a courtesy of us not boring you with ads and running ads throughout this program, we don't do that. And all we do is ask you to help us grow our show by sharing our show and tricking the algorithm into thinking worthwhile investment in people's times. And the way you do that is simply by liking wherever you're watching or listening to this, rating us, leaving us a comment, sharing us out to your own feed if you're so inclined. These are all the simple things that you can do to help us keep this show ad-free and power-packed with content. So that's the end of my rant, guys. So let's get right into it. Um, let's go into the Boeing update since we talked about Boeing last week. Um, and last week, if I remember, if my memory serves me correct, when we talked about the Boeing incident uh, on the show, we only knew uh, the information from the hacker side of the fence that we knew that they had put Boeing on their dark web leak site. But at the time last week, Boeing had no idea what the hell was going on. Well, here's an update for you. Boeing now knows what's going on and more information has been released. So who wants to uh, take a first stab at this and kind of give everybody a quick update on what Boeing learned in the last week since we covered this on the last show? I'll go.
1: So what we what we know with uh, Boeing is actually... Go ahead, uh, Randy. No, I'm, I'm, that, that was actually last on the list. You I don't care. we uh, giving to, an I
0: update. That's the last one, and guys, the latest. You guys are
1: supposed to come prepared.
0: So we know Lockbit is the one that hit it, right? Um, that, that that released the information, and they claimed to. Exp- when we when we updated everybody last week on the show, um, they said that they made claims on the dark web leak site that they exploited a zero day vulnerability. And they threaten to leak stolen documents unless Boeing pays or at least starts to uh, negotiate the ransom by November 2nd. And I feel like I remember Randy telling me during the show that they had taken down what was on the dark web leaks. But I don't think that that's, um, I don't know, but let's go into it. So a tremendous amount of sensitive data was exfiltrated and ready to be published if Boeing did not contact within the deadline, which has since passed. Um, However, the gang declined to provide samples of Boeing data, claiming it was uh, protecting the company. For now, we will not send lists or samples to protect the company, but uh, 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 but we will not keep it like that until the deadline. Additionally, the ransomware gang removed Boeing from the data leak site, suggesting that negotiations were underway. Removing the company from the data leak site minimizes the reputational damage caused by the cyber attack should the company choose to pay, paving the way for ransom negotiations. However, uh, Lockbit ransomware gang had not contacted Boeing's representatives, citing the group's administration. The group also refused to disclose any information, including the amount or type of data stolen or the zero-day vulnerability uh, exploited. Uh, <clears throat> such, secrets, such secrecy is highly uncharacteristic of a cybercrime gang that thrives on name and shame tactics. Um, six days is also an uncharacteristically short deadline for cybercriminals to give companies. They usually give 10 days or more. Uh, but Boeing has confirmed the cyber attack, but declined to comment on whether it received LockBit's ransom demands. So we know more, but we don't seem to know a whole heck of a lot. Um, one of the other things that we do know is that you know several uh, things that, that Boeing uh, utilizes on a daily basis, like services.boeing.com, is, is down to a technical issue.
1: So, we,
2: also, we also know that the timer um, expired. Uh, from lockbit the timer expired on the second and as of yesterday um, they have published four gigabytes of data sample data um, saying that they're going to post the rest um, in the next uh, couple of days they say they have 500 gigabytes total and if they're uh, don't get cooperation from boeing they're going to go ahead and release that 500 gigabytes which potentially it could be super, super disturbing if it's, you know, the plans for Air Force One or something crazy like that, you know?
1: Yeah, I'm surprised they're actually releasing it being like you just said, they're dealing with the Pentagon uh, um, data and contracts and, and Department of Defense. So you would have thought that the the mighty arm of the government would have been able to talk to these guys and say, Hey, wait a minute, let's negotiate and things like that. But the, for the fact that they are starting to release um, shows that there hasn't been that much progress and they're, they're trying to put more pressure on them.
0: You guys make right. of anything, any, you guys make anything out of the fact that it was off the dark web and then back what do you guys think is going on there
1: Um, negotiations that's that's stalling
0: and and
2: and it sounds like now it's on um you know the the battle's back on because um they released four gigabytes of data yesterday and so they're going to release another 500 very soon if they don't get cooperation from from the company so i don't know looks like it's back on
0: it's definitely back on, but, you know, and more than likely there was a, probably an, an initial conversation between the groups and then talks broke down and the cyber criminals have decided that they're going to move forward. And maybe it's a, you know, it's a, it's a game of chicken at this point. Like, what do you have? Is it really that valuable to us? Do we really care if it gets out there? Um, and we'll soon find out. Um, but Boeing is uh, in week two of this, uh, and I guess like the thing for me is, <clears throat> um, you know, why is this site down if there's no ransomware or anything? Like to me, something wouldn't be down unless this is the this is the source of the zero day, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Could be this site or or something that's that this site uses something behind the scenes that this site uses Um, could very be the main reason why this is down because this is the way that they're kind of getting in. That could be thing one. Um, The other thing it could be that's interesting to me is that they're, you know, whether, whether you realize it or not, Boeing is dedicating time, money, and resources to this situation. How much we don't know. Probably a lot. Um, I'm sure that there's government contracts and other, you know, things like making airplanes and delivering airplanes to their customers um, are all things that that this company wants to be doing than dealing with Lockbit on a dark web leak site, right? So um, the reason I say that is because your company could find itself in the shoes of cyber criminals. Uh, or in the shoes like Boeing is with dealing with cyber criminals. And you're going to have to dedicate staff or hire people from the outside to help you deal with cyber criminals that are threatening to leak data that they stole from your network. Um, And this is a a legitimate thing. Now they might not have ransomware or they might have ransomware. Who knows? We'll find out soon enough. Um, But at the end of the day, they're dealing with something. So people at this company are spending their day trying to figure out what's the best way to handle this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you got to think about in your company, are you equipped to dedicate two, three, four, you might be a 10 person company you have to dedicate two, three, four people, probably the owner's time to this incident until it's, you know, resolved and, 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 and you see through the whole thing. Um, this is going to be weeks before this becomes, a non-issue for them, many weeks, probably months almost. Um, this is just the beginning. So that's kind and, of my perspective, guys, is like this is the beginning and they're gonna have to spend a lot of resources internally to deal with this problem.
2: Right, and this this um, the site that you have up right now mm-hmm. um, or had up, yep. I looked up the uh, archive way back, archive.org Wayback machine from mm-hmm. uh, October 23rd. And this is a site where you order parts um, you have links to distribution. Um, you have um, a qu- quite a lot of things to uh, to be able to do here. Um, you have links to their different uh, their different services. Uh, so probably looks like they do some sales stuff through here. You got registration for webinars. Um, looks like a pretty important site for Boeing for it to be down right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, my guess would be that that's a pretty important hub for. Customers, especially probably government, GSA contracts, things like that. Um, oh,
1: we can't hear you. Oh, no. This mic died. We're going to have to carry the show. <laughs> All right. So let's go next to uh, the Ace Hardware Breach.
2: Oh, nice. You want to yeah. read it? You want me to read it?
1: Yeah, and no, I'll start off. So we have Ace Hardware is still reeling from a week long cyber attack. So, a lot of times when you hear about these stores and you go in, you know, the, the end user, all you think, all you care about really is that they have something in inventory, but what you don't know is the back end. Um, so, specifically, Ace Hardware, they have um, approximately um, over 196 servers and 1,000 network devices in order to Um, do everything when it comes to their shipping, their uh, operations, their warehouse management systems, their realtor mobile assistance, their invoices, their rewards, their care centers, all of this is technology in the back end. And what we know is that they have some type of cyber attack that has down um, their their computer systems and therefore all of the franchisees that are operating, um, they're down as well. So they can't check inventory. Um, Apparently, they can make, um, customers can do payments where, you know, on their POS system, that wasn't affected. But this is something that will take um, some time to recover as the article is talking about how, you know, right now, holiday season, people are buying, you know, you're going to need new inventory come, Black Friday's coming. So this is really going to hurt them um, in the long run. Can you hear me? Yep. Sweet.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's it's amazing to me how many devices got hit on almost 1,200 mm. devices, almost um, 1,200 devices, and yeah, it's gonna it's gonna affect Ace Hardware, uh, in, in a big way. I mean, they're they're already concerned with um, customers and vendors facing uh, phishing attacks because of the you know after the initial breach. Um, they already are seeing attempts by scammers to try to have electronic payments diverted and gaining access to other store systems by posing as finance department members and software company, uh, software employees of the company. So it's pretty wild. Like they, you know, not only did they successfully attack them, but the things that they're trying to do on the back end, which is not uncommon when we see cyber attacks is, you know, we, we warn about these types of things happening all the time, but the amount uh, and how quickly it happened only goes to show you how well planned out this was. Cause it's like, when we're going to strike, we're going to strike, this is going to happen. And then we're also going to do these other things very quickly. Um, it's pretty, pretty, uh, <clears throat> I hate to use the word impressive when we're talking about cyber criminals. Um, but it's pretty impressive how swiftly they move to uh, other ways to make money off of this besides taking down the systems. Um, And I did a video on this guys on my own YouTube channel. And one of the questions I got in the comments was like, Hey, what was the gain for the cyber criminals in this? And I thought it was a good question. And I wanted to kind of maybe bring it up here because they, yeah, they got, they attacked the systems, but it doesn't look like ACE has any appetite for paying these guys off to get back up and running quicker. Right. So what is the payoff to the cyber criminals? Do you, you know, is, it, is it just that it's let's create this network disruption. Maybe we'll get paid from Ace. Maybe we won't. But in the meantime, we can make money ripping off everybody in the supply chain. Is that kind of the play here, in your opinion? Oh
2: Yeah. I mean, it's like uh, like always, you, you nine times out of 10 relating to these things is just follow the money. And they're are They are very skilled at taking advantage of every single avenue that they can find. So if on one of the machines, they found a list of people that send them money via ACH, they're gonna take advantage of that. If they found a list of you know, usernames, passwords, uh, uh, social security numbers, what people have bought, they're gonna take advantage of that. I mean, there's, there's so many things that they can do with all this data. Um, you know, right now, it seems like they're just basically in disruption mode. Um, trying to get money shakedown mode basically it is you know you're on your your uh, you know third grade on the way to your uh, cafeteria and the the bullies shaking you down for money that's basically what they're doing right now and if they don't get the money they'll they'll take advantage of all these other different avenues that are there. I guarantee you they are really good at that.
0: Yeah, and that's the interesting thing here that I think CEOs need to grapple with. in in this point in time that we're in with cybersecurity is that we don't really know what this decision-making looks like from a long-term perspective, right? It's easy for a CEO to sit there on principle and on ego or whatever you want to call it and say, we're not paying the ransom. You know, we'll rebuild from scratch or from our backups or whatever we have. Um, but we don't know what the long-term effect of that decision-making is, right? And 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 I'm just expanding on what Randy said from a long-term view. All these customers and all these vendors that could potentially be impacted if they get scammed as a result of this, what harm and reputation um, damage does that do to Ace Hardware where, where customers won't do business with them, vendors might not want to do business with them? Um, Simply because of of an event like this. Right. So it's it's collateral damage to what you may be thinking in the short term is the right decision. But in in the long term, it really turns out to be the wrong decision. And I think that that's what the hackers are 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 actually hoping for and preying on here. That in the long term, the decisions for companies to not pay the ransom doesn't make a whole lot of sense because there's, and the reason I say this is is because companies are so ill prepared on what's about to hit them And, and because companies aren't thinking about their partners and their vendors when it comes to a cyber attack, they're thinking about themselves
1: and their pocketbooks,
0: (laughs) right? Their pocketbooks. How are we going to get back up and running? Not even thinking that like, Oh my God, there's like thousands of phishing emails going out with our company logo name on it. And you know, there's going to be hundreds, if not thousands of people tricked into sending money somewhere that they don't intend it to really go. And there's going to be, reputation harm when that happens and these are the long-term effects of cyber attacks that businesses in the u.s especially are not they're not calculating they're miscalculating and that's why we have this show because we want to bring this kind of stuff to people's attention like to to your attention because the bravado thing right now for a lot of ceos is to not pay the ransom um, like like, it's some kind of badge of honor that you, you know, you get hit with a cyber attack and you don't pay the ransom and you know, you really got to take a long, hard look as to whether or not you want to pay the ransom or not and make the decision with a 360 degree view of what's happening in your marketplace, not just how it's going to impact your, your business and your employees and your ability to get back up and running. Yeah, that's a major component of it. But if you make decisions to do things like not pay the ransom and it leads to other cyber attacks down the road or other people getting scammed out of money, you're going to have to deal with that too. You might have to deal with a class action lawsuit when all your customers decide like, hey, we all got ripped off through phishing emails because of your cyber attack and some lawyer decides to come after you. Those are things that businesses are going to have to deal with on the back end as a result of these decisions. And it's, you know, it's
2: important that we're talking about this. You know, we had Cindy Phillips on a couple of weeks ago, and she mentioned how we're in first generation and how we don't have a lot of shared stories for people to really know the ramifications like you're talking about, Brian, and how it lasts and lasts and lasts. You know, for for example, there was a, a car crash the other night at an intersection near us. And then... Yesterday there was a Hazmat team out there cleaning it up. And we didn't look at the Hazmat team and go, "Oh my gosh, what's that?" You know, what happened here? We knew right away that there had been a spill. In fact, we saw that there was a spill the night before when the accident happened. My my point uh, my point is there'll be a time when we kind of all know, you know, hey, Just like Ace Hardware, when you get hit, they're going to go in, they're going to do a shakedown, and they're going to do a disruption, and then there's going to be all these little tentacles that go out into all these little places. And just right now, people don't know about it. And that's another reason why it's important for people to watch our show and to be involved, because learning this kind of stuff can really help you secure your business.
0: Sure. And also realize things that you probably don't realize, right? Which is... If you make decisions i mean like i've had a lot of conversations over the last 18 months with ceos and 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 some of them get it and some of them are like we'll, we'll never pay the ransom no matter what and they like almost to the point where they get angry with me for even suggesting the idea of them pay, paying the ransom but the reality of it is is you can't go into this with a prejudiced mind that I'm never going to pay the ransom because you don't understand what's laying in front of you and what, what the repercussions of that decision would be. And until you understand that you really can't make that decision. Right. And I, 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 and I use, we like to use, I like to use this ACE hardware as an example because like all these other things are going on, you know, over here, while this cyber attack is happening to the company, right? All these scams and all these other, all these other events are happening. Um, you know, and 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 there's no way, um, you know, if you want to prevent that kind of thing, you engage with the cyber criminals. Unfortunately, I mean that's that's the way the game's played right now. So, anything else, guys, on that one? Because this next one's really interesting to me. Because um, I never heard of this company until. Uh, until this happened but this is a pretty big company Randy's they're yeah. in Texas have you ever heard of this group I'd never heard of them yeah. until this happened so this is a pretty big deal this is like one of those things where you file it under like here's a pretty big player in this space um, and it's just there's a lot of these companies where you just you never hear of them you don't know who they are Um But once they have a cyber attack, man, you realize like, wow, you don't really, you really don't want this, these types of companies getting hit with a cyber attack. Um, But Mr. Cooper, uh, they are a major mortgage lender, and they experienced a severe cyber attack that left over 4 million customers unable to make mortgage payments. The company announced a security breach on October 31st and had to implement a system lockdown. (laughs) Although it has not been officially confirmed as a a ransomware attack, the actions taken by the company suggest that it might be. Uh, Mr. Cooper assured customers that no late fees or penalties would be applied for mispayments during the shutdown and that there was no evidence of customer data being compromised. There you go, Randy. (laughs) Uh, So uh, the company spokesperson spokesperson stated that the uh, incident seemed to be confined to Mr. Cooper's internal systems and is under investigation with the help of cybersecurity experts and customers have been advised to be cautious of any dubious communications purporting to be from Mr. Cooper and we're reassured that their rate locks and secure and automatic payments will resume when the systems are restored. Uh, just some background information that Mr. Cooper is headquartered in Dallas with a loan portfolio of $937 billion has recently expanded through acquisitions, including uh, the acquisition of HomePoint Capital and the servicing platform of Rushmore Loan Management Services. So um, the only reason I wanted to throw that last part in is because this is a pretty big company, almost $1 trillion a year company um, that quite frankly is giving amateur answers to a incident response, in my opinion. So what are your guys' thoughts?
1: Well, I actually never heard of them either. And when I did a quick search, um, so apparently they don't have any retail locations. They're all online. So that's kind of why they've been kind of under the radar. Um, they're probably a backbone company. Mm-hmm.
0: Like like there's probably other mortgage companies that push stuff through them. So they don't market to the consumer would be my guess. But they the money men behind these mortgages would be my guess.
1: Yeah. And what I'm just thinking is of all the people that are going to be falling for these future efficient emails, paying their mortgage to the wrong company for months and and not even realizing it and and just lose their money.
0: Well, it's funny because this is like reading a a press release from a company that would have released something like this like two years ago. Right. Because like, I don't know. When you're dealing with something like this, the last thing, not the first thing, I mean, I don't know, like the first thing, the last thing you should be coming out with as the first thing, as weird as that sounds, (laughs) is no late fees and penalties would be applied for missed payments. Like, duh, like your systems are down, like you're really going to charge your customers (laughs) for, for missed payments. And then they follow that up with the old zinger of there was no evidence of customer data being compromised. I mean, you got hit with ransomware, right? You have no clue whether customer data was compromised or stolen. You have ransomware, you need to assume that it was. And you don't come out and say something like that unless you actually have evidence that says, yeah, amazingly, it was this was like drive by ransomware they didn't go through your files they didn't look through everything before they hit you with ransomware they were only in there for 10 minutes and they decided to release ransomware on your entire company that's not how this stuff goes down so mm-hmm. we know that that's not what happened
2: it's ridiculous what they're saying i mean when you when you think about it that way because what would be the point of a drive by ransomware i mean and we also know that like Classic ransomware where they just encrypt your data and then want money to get it back. Like that's pretty rare these days. Normally it's exfiltration of your data, then encrypt what you have and they hold it a ransom. Where even now they're just going straight to, well, we pulled the data off.
0: Yeah, I haven't seen a press release this poorly worded in a couple years.
1: stay tuned because the cook county one our next one is going to be very similar actually
0: yeah i mean but so i mean you guys have anything you want to add to this i mean because i personally think this is this is going to be we're going to be talking about this for a couple months
2: i looked uh yesterday i think it was on uh twitter and people were still saying that they're not able to make payments i don't know if they're able to make payments as of today or if it's come back online in the last day or so, but it looked like as of about, I think it was about last night, it looked like people were still not able to make, make payments, which is kind of crazy.
0: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not crazy. Um, to me, it's just, it's, it's wild that they're, they need a breach coach quick.
2: Yeah. I mean, um. A- you know, we didn't really mention that, but that's, we, we touched on it kind of, high level with Ace Hardware and now with this company, you know, the question every business has to ask themselves, could you handle three to six months or three weeks to 12 weeks of not getting any income in? You know, could you still pay your people? Would your people freak out and leave your company because you didn't have money to pay them? You know, all these ramifications of, of these attacks. And so here you've got a company that needs to get money in so they can pay their employees and and all that jazz, um, but um, you know they're not. So so they,
1: like- yeah, yeah, they are also a public company. So it's gonna it's, it'll be interesting to see if what they wrote is gonna um, hit them in the butt later on, where they're gonna regret saying that. Because I looked at their stock price and it and it's um it's actually up three percent this past month. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I
0: mean, they're going to have to file their sec and they're going to have to file that pretty soon,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, to allow people to understand like how this is going to impact their, their stock price for sure. So anything else uh, you guys want to add before we jump in, uh, what's going on in uh, Cook County in Illinois? Sure. All good, ready to yeah, go. All right, all so right. this is uh, why am I getting feedback? That sucks. Um, so this is uh, a story that we found, probably the last one we talk about today. Uh, is that right? Oh no, we want to do an octa one, right? Yeah, we're we doing the octa one, yeah, yeah, we should, we should, yeah. Right. Just, just a quick update, so all right, <clears throat> so uh, this is uh, Cook County Health. Uh, may have been exposed due to a cybersecurity breach at the Perry Johnson & Associates, a medical transcription service provider. Ouch. And uh, between, in the spring, between March 27th and May 2nd, an unauthorized party accessed the company's network and potentially obtained files containing sensitive patient health information. Of course, a transcription service provider is going to have that. Um, including social security numbers, insurance details, and medical data like test results and prescriptions. Well, there's been no evidence of identity theft or fraud stemming from this incident and potential leak of other personal details like names, birth dates, and address has caused significant concern. Upon learning of the breach in July, Cook County Health ceased all data sharing with Perry Johnson and Associates Affected patients have been notified and offer credit monitoring and identity protection services <clears throat> Perry Johnson and Associates and the Cook County Health have, ex- has, have expressed regret over the incident and have committed to enhancing data protection to future uh, breaches. Yeah, um, yeah, I express regret over every time I'm at fault when it comes to a breach too. We, we, we set a record five minutes ago
2: of the worst press release we've heard in years and boom, that record got broken, got set and broken in five minutes. They're coming out and apologizing for it. They're coming out and saying there's no evidence that it's been used in fraud. Well, duh, like they're pulling the, they're pulling the data out right now. And they're gonna make an amazing plan, not in a good way, um, to misuse that data. There, of course, there's no evidence.
0: It's like, like five it's minutes like, into it. It's, it's like somebody it has in. somebody has their gun stolen from their house, right? It's like, well, the gun hasn't been used in a crime yet. It's like, well, it's going to be. Yeah, exactly. It just hasn't happened yet. Exactly. So so, so Brian, I'm gonna
1: put a link. I'm I'm gonna ask a couple of questions here. Here, if you can share your screen.
0: Oh where? How am I doing that? Um, on the private chat. Private chat.
1: Yeah, so this is this is their this is their website. So there's two things yeah. I know that's on there. Uh
0: uh-huh.
1: I don't know what's going on with my internet, but it's can't I don't know if I can yeah, I can't share my screen.
2: They are ISO
1: certified. They are ISO that that's the first one. And then and then notice on the top right, I don't know if that has anything to do with what happened to them.
2: Uh the ISO 27001 or something. Oh no, else. no,
1: on the top right. Uh the very top page uh the of team the viewer? Team Viewer. So it, it's so so the question is. You know, we talk about doing the due diligence and when a company like this puts that, they have this you know, the certification everybody's looking for, what is, I mean, because right now the Cook County, they're making the headline, but it wasn't necessarily their fault, right? So like- Well,
2: yeah, not their fault, but it is their responsibility because they it, farm. Yes,
1: it. yes, exactly. But then when you have a company like this that says, you know, they're doing what they're supposed to do, then what else- can cook county have done or what could have cook county done differently
2: right i mean medical transcription services are you know a pretty integral part of of our med of our healthcare system if you will you know you're right that's a great point like who's liable here um if everybody's doing their due diligence is anybody still liable you know um We don't obviously blame hurricane victims for hurricanes but you know you do need to be prepared for a hurricane when they come um so is this a case of not being prepared for the hurricane um or is this a case of being um you know they were prepared and you know there's nothing else they could have done so but that is crazy they did get certified but mm-hmm. who, who, who did the certification? Is that a line that did the certification?
1: Yep.
2: Interesting. Yeah, so Andre just posted a link to their certificate of certification for uh, ISO. Um, and this is for, um, basically it certifies that the organization operates an information security management system that conforms to the requirements of ISO slash IEC Twenty-seven thousand and one dash or colon twenty thirteen. Yeah. Open boundaries is clients,
0: and I always say this to people: we when we talk to our compliance clients and people that come to us and want to work with us around compliance. Compliance doesn't mean you're secure, and we deal with this all the time in the financial world. Like just because you have a SOC two doesn't mean you do cybersecurity the right way. Just means that you've met a certain requirement or threshold. Around policies, procedures, and evidence that proves that you handle the processing of data in a secure manner. It doesn't mean you won't get hacked, right? <clears throat> and nobody should confuse and I and I and I have to educate people on this more than you think. Um, I never thought it would come up on this show, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of people out there that think if I go get my SOC too or I get my ISO or i get this cert or that cert that yep. now we yep. do now we do cybersecurity the right way that couldn't be further from the truth um, <clears throat> you know it just means that you have certain procedural things going on in your company that are good usually means you're you're less risky but by no means is it a, is is it the thing that you should be going you know hanging your hat on saying like oh yeah we got this so now we're not going to get hacked um, there's plenty of companies that have these certifications out the ass, and they get hacked. Uh, and and nobody should think that an ISO or SOC two or any ki- kind of uh, industry okay. regulation around data security means that you won't get hacked. Right. All right, guys, let's wrap up the show here with Okta. Um, so Okta has been. Uh, they're an identity and access management provider that's been at the center of the uh, attention lately because uh, their company, for maybe the last two years, hasn't been hasn't had a great great track record when it comes to security, um, and it really came to light uh, when MGM got hit, um, and they have now reported that a data breach, first announced in October of 2023, has affected 134 customers. That's not not 140, 134 people. That's 134 large organizations. The breach occurred when an Okta employee's personal Google account was compromised, leading to unauthorized access to the company's support case management system and potential session hijacking attacks through HAR files uh, containing session tokens. Um, So this is a very popular way for cyber criminals to hack into people's accounts these days is by doing this like kind of like uh, token theft um, where they can basically, without going into the details of it, impersonate you on a computer where a service or system thinks it's you that's logged in. So you're trusted um, when really nobody's ever logged in. They've never used your username or password or been challenged with a multi-factor code. They were able to steal this token, uh, which this whole token thing, um, you know, I would say in five years, tokens won't even exist because it's a huge fall. Yeah. Um, the fact that people, somebody can intercept the token and then log in as you to sensitive services like this or your email or what have you um, is wild to me. I and mean, how it keeps happening and, and why software vendors and providers are allowing this methodology um you know to me it's a simple fix don't you know, you tie the token to a device and if it comes from another device the token's not valid right but we they're not going that far with these tokens and it's a pretty it's a pretty simple fix in my in, in my yeah. mind all you got to do is associate it to the device if the device name doesn't match up the token is now invalid um, so the incident came to light between September 28th and October 17th after a sophisticated cyber attack, that's what they're calling this, where a threat actor gained the ability to view and extract sensitive data, including session tokens from support cases. It was on October 19th that Okta was, was notified of suspicious activities by one of its own customers, Beyond Trust, through major customers like Cloudflare and 1Password were affected. 1Password confirmed no user data was accessed. The the breach was linked to a Google account of an Okta employee who saved service account credentials in a personal account, which could have been compromised, which more than likely was compromised. (laughs) The delay in Okta's response was due to the initial failure to detect suspicious downloads because the attacker accessed files directly, creating a different type of system log. Cybersecurity experts emphasize the importance of restricting service account credentials, which often bypass standard security measures like multi-factor authentication. That shouldn't be. This incident marks the second significant cyber attack on Okta, as we mentioned earlier. What do you guys think is going on here? Wow.
2: Um, I was
0: gonna say, you mentioned
2: about having your uh, session tokens. Um, basically bound to uh, something like um, your device or something like that. They did mention at the the end of this article that they have rolled out binding them to a network location. Oh, so amazing. that's a, that's a, that's a start. Um, and, you know, I don't know for sure, but y'all remember the, the last time this happened, I think this is now the third time, but a, Bunch of people, security experts, came out with like this list of things that Okta needs to do right away. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I've read going into this, um, reading about this specific one, was what they was, was that they didn't put those things in place yet. No. and I am almost positive this is probably one of those one of those things.
0: Well, it's I don't think of- anybody could have predicted or known unless they hacked the particular employee in question that. That this employee was storing service account credentials in a personal Google account. Like, no, you know, but the session token, though, not being tied,
2: like you said, either yeah. To the- well,
0: that's, but that's the, I mean, the initial access was because some knucklehead at Okta was storing some credentials in like a Google Drive file. Like, that's what I see. Like, they had a, <clears throat> like, as much as we laugh and we say, ha ha, you know. We go to the customers all the time and we find Excel files with usernames and passwords in them. Well, it sounds to me like somebody at Okta had a Google Sheets file in the cloud with sensitive passwords they, in it.
2: They could have, I, I'm reading that they stored them in, into the Chrome browser. So that, that would be stored into Chrome passwords. Either uh, or. I mean, either or, yeah. And it's you're right. It's still in
0: plain text. You, no matter how you slice it.
2: You can, you can get those passwords out of Chrome without even having admin credentials.
0: Right. And so, they're in plain text. They're not encrypted. Yeah. Your Chrome browser folks, if you don't know, this is not a password manager. It is not a secure place to store your passwords. There's two things I want to give everybody a little advice on, and this is just general advice. There's really two smart things you can do when you're logging in that you're probably doing every day that makes you less secure. One of those things is, and I know this is a pain in the ass and you're probably gonna be like, I'm never doing that. But when a device says, hey, do you wanna trust this device? It's probably a pretty good idea no matter if you own the device or not to click no. And yeah, that might mean that you get challenged with multi-factor a lot more, but I'd rather have that than have a device say, I want this device trusted. And then somebody steals that token and is able to log in as me. Right? That's that's number one. Like, don't don't trust don't allow these devices to trust other devices because that's you, this is what you're creating. You're creating opportunities for cyber criminals to steal these tokens when you say, Yes, I want you to, to trust this device. So, what are you guys saying over here? I see, I see, I see, it. I, I see the
1: chat.
0: Um, <clears throat> So that's, one, that's the one thing I would tell you right there is don't, don't trust device. And then the other thing is, is don't store passwords in stupid places. Don't put them in Excel files. Don't put them in Google Sheets files. Don't put them in places on the cloud like your OneDrive because you put it in places like Google Cloud, you put it in OneDrive, you put it in the Chrome browser where you sync it to the cloud. They don't have to get access to your computer. Right. And I think a lot of people don't realize this. They only need to get access to the cloud, which is accessible 24 by seven. Right. So a lot of people think, oh, when I shut off, shut off my computer, you know, that Mm -hmm. risk goes away. No, because you synced it to the cloud. That risk lives 24 by seven. What are you
2: saying? I was going to say if they get a hold of a session token and they can get, it. you know.
0: Yep. And that's. that's,
2: uh, We, we run in a lot with people that were fir- in first engagement. We'll find an Excel sheet and you all probably hit, see the exact same thing. And then they're like kind of proud and they're like, oh, this is not just any old Excel sheet. This Excel sheet has a password. And they think that because it has a password that protects it from the bad, the bad guys. But the thing is, all they have to do, they have to just take, they can take it off site and use a little a little password guesser to brute force it and you know if uh if it's eight characters which they're never more than like eight or ten characters and if it's like eight or ten characters they're going to be cracking that thing in no time and they're going to be able to get to get right in so you know that's not a good way to store passwords at all
0: no we have a whole show on password managers we did Mm -hmm. two years ago it's still relevant today in my opinion we should we should go back in and see if we have any updates. <laughs> I, I doubt it. Not much has changed in that world. It's all it's all pretty much the same. So, all right, guys, good show. We're forty seven minutes in. Longer one this time. Um, I don't have anything else to add. If you don't, somebody dropped a comment. I'm not. I'm not addressing this one. We'll do it next week. So. We'll see everybody in next week's episode. We'll see you. Take care. Stay safe. And remember, share the show, like us, and subscribe wherever you can. Take care, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye.